Hello, and welcome to the Runspire podcast, fueled by Fractal. I'm Matthew Walters, the founder of Runspire, an online running community dedicated to inspiring and connecting others. During each episode, me and co-host Ben Butterworth will be having conversations about running, culture and lifestyle, and we'll also be joined by guests from the running community for a chat. Our aim is to keep things real, light-hearted and informative. To help us reach more listeners, please leave a review and check out the Runspire Instagram and on our website, runspire.uk. Enjoy the podcast and keep on running. Welcome back to the Runspire podcast. I'm Ben Butterworth. Today, I'm riding solo and you are tuned in to episode 10. On today's episode, we will have contributions from members of the running community who will be on hand to give you their best piece of running advice. Although this is aimed at people who are relatively new to the world of running, it'll also be useful for those of you who've lost your funk or focus, or you're that experienced that you started wearing short shorts before Kylie Minogue made them popular. I just want to take this opportunity to thank all of the members of the running community for giving up their time and lending their voices for the pod. Also on this episode, I will be telling you about the story of the New York Pioneer Club. The Pioneer Club were founded in the 1930s and were instrumental in breaking down prejudice views in running during a time where racial tensions were high by bringing together people from all backgrounds regardless of colour or creed. Also, there will be a segment where a Runspire member and running coach Dylan Ginetta will be giving you the down low on what he believes is the best advice for those of you who are new to running from a coach's perspective. His advice is valuable and key in helping you become a better runner. Just want to let you know that this podcast is fueled by Fractal, a premium performance headwear company who create bespoke lightweight caps. They are designed for all elements and personally, I absolutely love how durable and well built they are. For you listening, you can get 10% off all orders on their website, fractal.co.uk by entering the code RUNSPIRE at the checkout. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Your opinion really does matter. It's now time to hand you over to the running community for the first segment of the episode. Hi everyone, I'm Rosie and you can find me on Instagram at rosiehatesoup. Um, I suppose my top tip for anyone new to running is just don't give up. Um, I, before I started running regularly, I'd started and I'd tried and I'd given up running so many times before. And I think it was probably because no one had ever told me that the first mile of any run is always going to be the hardest. So I guess I'd set off and about five minutes in, I'd just think, God, this is minging. And I would stop. And I didn't realise that it would get better if I just kept going. So my advice would just be to keep going, keep running, keep pushing. And then that runner's high that everyone talks about will come. Hi, I'm Becky. My Instagram handle's Becky underscore Naylor. Uh, best piece of advice I would give to someone who's new to running is just to start to build confidence in yourself, I would say. I'm pretty new to running. I've only been running for three years um, and I started out when I was 42 and I didn't think I was ever going to be able to run really. I think starting out, you just need to run to enjoy yourself. Don't compare yourself to other people who are going to be better than yourselves. 
try not to compete and certainly don't overdo it. When you're trying to build confidence in yourself, you need to be looking at your own achievements. Um, I did quite a few runs by myself, then took on a park run and just tried to enjoy that. I then took on a few local races. And the more I did, the more confident I got. I then set myself challenges. I did the Great North Run last year and this year I've run a marathon. So once you become confident in your own running, in your own self, then you can actually start to enjoy it even more. But I think really the main thing is be confident in yourself and don't compare yourself to others. Hello, my name is Mark. You can find me on Instagram as Marky Runs UK. And my piece of advice for first-time runners is to find yourself a running buddy. It'll help you stay consistent and it'll give you the support you need when you're out running because you're both going through the same journey together. And also, you always end up going out for that run because you never want to let the other person down and vice versa. I wish I'd done this at the beginning. I didn't. I tried doing it all on my own. And when I got to a point where I was struggling and I didn't think I can continue with my running, a friend messaged me and I took him up on the offer. And now we pretty much run every Sunday together. And now I feel more motivated than ever. So hopefully this will help you out. And um, happy running. Hi everyone, I'm Kieran. You can find me on Instagram as fitnesscares. And I think my top tip for anyone who is new to running is to make sure you do a proper warm-up. Um, I think all too often when I've been out, that first mile, regardless of the distance I was going to run that day, I'd be full of energy and just want to run way, way too fast. So just slow it down, take that first little stint very easy and build up your pace after that. Hi, I'm Tina and I'm my running my way over on Instagram. My advice to you about running is try not to succumb to the pressures of social media and try and keep up with what everybody else is doing. We lead very complex lives these days with family and work and other commitments and it's easy to try and follow what everybody else is doing. Try not to put that pressure on yourself. Hello, I'm Ben, your co-host. You can find me on the gram at Trailblazing Ben without a G in the word blazing. In regards to the best piece of running advice I've got for newcomers to the sport, it would be don't just invest in a good pair of running shoes, but also invest in good running socks as well. They are important to a runner's comfort and performance. And what you don't want to happen is get out the door while you're wearing your new good looking and snazzy running shoes while you're wearing something, for example, heavy duty cotton socks or some castaways that have been stored away in the back of your drawer for some time. That could lead to quite a negative and discomforting experience rather than a blissful running experience. So yeah, make sure you buy good running shoes, but also invest in good running socks as well. Hi, my name is Connor Rawson, better known in the running community as Rawson Runs. I'm going to talk briefly about marathons and the key things I follow to get myself ready for one. If you're new to the sport of running or are working your way up to the distance, it can be very daunting to imagine running 26.2 miles. For me, it comes down to three key things. Focus, dedication, and determination. The first thing is focus. Focus on your training to begin with. You won't become a marathon runner overnight, so take your time and don't push yourself too hard at the start. 
Plan your runs. Write them down so you are more likely to stick to them. Make them a mixture of distances and gradually build up to longer distances. Keep your focus on that end goal of 26.2 miles and enjoy the process. The second thing is dedication. This is very important as it goes hand in hand with your focus. Dedicate time to training. It will all be worth it, even if it doesn't seem like it at the start. Be dedicated so much that regardless of the weather, you will get out and bank your training run. You'll feel great that you did it, although maybe not straight after. The third and maybe most important thing is determination, as you will need a lot of it. In your training, when it gets tough, be determined to keep pushing on. On race day, when you are chasing down that 26.2 miles, it's going to be grit and determination to take you over that finish line. But that feeling when you do cross the line and can now call yourself a marathon runner is something very special. Marathon training is never easy, but it gets easier the more you do. If I can do it, so can you. I'm Kyla and on Instagram I am Kyla88C. I'm quite new to running and I guess the best bit of advice um, that I would give that's worked for myself is to get yourself involved within the running community. Um, everybody is so supportive, you know, from going to park runs when they're back up and running, whether it's your local run team, whether it's an online um, run club like Runspire, or you know even just connecting to people through instagram through running um it might seem daunting at first i remember thinking oh everybody's you know so much further ahead with me in their journeys that i won't fit in and actually it's the complete opposite they have helped my journey grow and grow the support is incredible um, and the, the motivation's really there you'll always find somebody to cheer you on and um, give you advice or understand when you're having an off day and sometimes it's nice just to run with other people um, but I just think it's such a useful tool to have the running community that we have um, and no matter how shy you are or how daunting it might seem it's so worth the rewards um, to get yourself involved so I would say get out there and um, yeah meet like-minded people and use them in your journey and um, yeah best of luck hi everyone my name is pete uh, you can find me on instagram as guns and tacos uh, i've been running with it's all good uh, for the last 10 months uh, starting uh, when the group started back in january earlier on this year um before that i'd only ever really been out on sort of five uh, kilometer runs myself trying to build up my confidence uh, it's never run with a group uh, or anyone really um, just because I've been so conscious um, of my lack of ability um, and going out with the group really helped me with that and this weekend I'm going to run my first marathon hi my name is Ben and you can find me on Instagram at deadrunfit and my two pieces of running advice for anyone new to running or wanting to take up running is one, consistency, and two, no pressure. So with the consistency, that's pretty much just making sure that you're running regularly. That can be one, two, three, four, seven days a week. It doesn't really matter. Um, but as long as you're able to achieve what you want to achieve, um, you're going to find that your motivation levels are there and that you're not losing, uh, losing your training time 
um, because you're setting yourself a realistic goal of only training two times a week. And if that's all you, the time you have, then that's absolutely fine. And then the other part comes with no pressure. So with the no pressure part, that really means don't put too much pressure on yourself um, with your running. That can be within distance or the amount of time that you're out or anything. So for me, I started off and I literally ran a kilometre um, three times a week. And that was that was all I could do um, before I felt like I couldn't run any further. So even if you're running 100 metres, you're running for five minutes. You're, whatever distance you cover, it doesn't really matter. Um, but you're out running. You're doing more than people that are sat on the sofa. So, yeah, enjoy. If you do decide to lace up and get outside, then obviously stay safe. Um, but be consistent with it if you can. Um, that's going to help you achieve and keep your motivation. Um, but then also don't put too much pressure on yourself. Only do what you feel you can do. Um, and like I say, that's more than anyone else sat on the sofa. So enjoy. Hi, I'm Yvonne. You can find me on Instagram as UK 88 Some advice for new members and people that are injured. When you start running, we get little niggles. And as normally what we do is ignore them and carry on running. But when it starts getting painful, we should stop as we don't want to make our injuries worse and even cause you to be out of action for a long period of time. So before you start running again, I would reassess your injury and maybe do some strength and conditioning work, which will help you to recover. Hey, I'm Ed, otherwise known as Lanky Legs Keeps Running on Instagram. My piece of advice to other runners would be, we all have bad days, bad runs, sometimes bad runs turn into bad weeks of running. When this happens, I like to look back to when I started look back at how far I've come since my first 5k, first 10k, even just looking back over the past few months. Progress and success doesn't happen overnight and it can't be taken away in a few weeks just by a few bad runs. We are all on an incredible hard journey. So when you're feeling down about yourself and you're in a bad place, think of Coldplay's Chris Martin sipping on a pint of Guinness because nobody said it would be easy and good things come to those who wait. Thank you to everyone for the contributions on the best advice for newcomers to running. I'm sure that everyone can take something from the practical and helpful wisdom bombs you just heard. We now move on to storytelling in three minutes where I'll be telling you about the New York Pioneer Club. The Pioneer Club was founded in 1936 by three African Americans, Joseph J. Yancey, Robert Douglas and William Colbert in Harlem. The purpose of the Pioneer Club was to support and encourage youths from all five boroughs in New York, regardless of race, colour, creed or social background to take part in athletics. Their mission statement was to be inclusive at a time where other clubs in New York were exclusive. The ethos in other clubs meant that Jewish and black athletes were excluded and they would only cater to those who were elite. Although we see inclusivity in modern day running, there is still a long way and a long journey ahead of us as runners where we truly become inclusive at every single club setting. The Pioneer Club opened up the pathway in enabling those from underprivileged and minority backgrounds in being given the opportunity to be part of an athletics club. They created hope for young people who at the time were treated differently by society and at the time they challenged racial discrimination. Racial segregation was prevalent at the time and the founding fathers, Yancey, Douglas and Colbert, 
worked relentlessly to ensure that members not only gained recognition as flourishing athletes, but were treated as first-class citizens and welcomed no matter their appearance or background. Over the decades, the Pioneer Club have been responsible for training and supporting hundreds of athletes, including Ted Corbett, long-distance runner and first president of the New York Roadrunners, Bob Bayman, 1968 Olympian, who set a long jump record that lasted for 22 years. John Carlos, another 1968 Olympian, who won bronze in the 200 metres. His black power salute on the podium with Tommy Smith caused controversy, but it was also a gesture of humility and courage. And Roscoe Lee Brown, a well-established actor who appeared in films such as Jumping Jack Flash and Logan's Run, and on TV in The Cosby Show. They were also instrumental in the early influence and foundation of the New York Roadrunners. A review in 1959 showed that nearly half of the members were Pioneer Club athletes. Ted Corbett was influential in allowing runners of all races join the New York Roadrunners and he also helped plan the NYC Marathon course with founder Ted LeBeau. The legacy of the Pioneer Club is one we all need to speak of as they were pivotal in breaking down racial injustice and bringing together athletes from all corners of the New York community. We now move on to a little Q&A and a conversation with Runspire member and running coach Dylan Ginnett. We've got Dylan Ginnett on this episode. Dylan is a guy that I've known for some time. He's a running coach, Runspire member, owner of a one-hour, 15-minute and 47-second half marathon PB and an all-round gentleman. Welcome to the show, mate. Thank you very much, Wynn. Brilliant introduction. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's important to get in the seconds. Every second matters when you are racing. I don't know if you agree with me there, but I'm sure that you're incredibly proud of that personal best. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, took a lot of hard work and effort to get that time. So, yeah, definitely every second counts. Yeah, and um, you just want to let all the listeners know where you gained that personal best? Uh, yeah, so that was in 2019, uh, October, I believe, in Amsterdam. Nice and flat, and, you know, I'm sure that it's a place where a lot of other runners got in PBs on that day. Yeah, beautifully flat. Um, perfect weather as well. It was, I think it was either side of the day of a storm. So day before was stormy, day after was stormy, but on the day it was perfect. So couldn't have asked for better conditions either. That's fantastic. And I know that I've introduced you and what I've done with a couple of our previous guests on the Runspire podcast is ask them to describe themselves, but do it with the approach that, um, you know, if the Runspire podcast was Tinder for runners. What would your biography say? Oh, uh, that's a tricky one. So I guess... Uh, obviously, 26 years old, been running for almost three years, um, big time achiever in terms of improving times um, in a short space of time, um, huge aspirational, love to get a picture uh, and love meeting, meeting up with people. Yeah, wicked. And you've got your own eyebrows and old teeth. Yeah, all, <laughs> all natural. Uh, yeah, can't. Can't say anything more than that. Brilliant. Now, I know that you're a running coach and I've seen the fantastic work that you've done for 
other runners in the community, which I'm sure that's incredibly humbly. However, what I'd like to know is what did your life look like before you started running? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so before running, I was a university student. Uh, this was back in going back six years or so now when I started uni. Um, you know how it is. Uni, uni students go out a lot, drink a lot, eat a lot of rubbish. Um, and whilst I was active, it wasn't aerobically active. So I, I gained, I, I lost a lot of fitness uh, that I had when I was uh, much younger back at school. Um, and whilst my core strength was brilliant because I was a trampolinist um, at, at uni, uh, my asthma came back from when I was a child. So um, it's really weird. So my asthma is, it gets better if I exercise basically. Um, yeah. And because I wasn't aerobically exercising, it got worse. And I thought, well, I've got a little, little bit of a beer, beer belly. Uh, that's not good. Uh, I've got asthma. Just been diagnosed with severe asthma in January 17, I think it was. Um, and I was drinking a lot, going out a lot, and it just wasn't healthy. Um, and I thought, I need to change this. So fast forward to November 17, I'd entered my first half marathon, uh, which was initially meant to be Bath in 2018. Um, and I started running, so I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, joined my athletics club at uni and they kind of guided me on what I should be doing throughout the week as well as joining the sessions. Um, got fitter, faster, uh, more confident in my running. Bath eventually got cancelled due to snow. I don't know if you remember 2018, but it was immensely snowy over the kind of February, March time. Yeah. Um, so I thought, oh God, what do I do? I've trained for so long. Um, so I'd only entered the, the half to kind of give me motivation to get fitter. I wasn't really planning on carrying on afterwards. Um, so I entered Biddeford Half Marathon in North Devon. Um, kind of like an undulating course it was kind of it was hilly to start with and it was slowed downhill towards the end um ended up doing pretty well um one hour 28 um for the first half so pretty good and that's kind of where i've fallen in love with the running and haven't really stopped since so that's pretty bit, pretty much my journey post and to running so when you look back and you reflect on where you've come from when you were in uni you said that you had a good baseline in regards to your fitness but you know I know that fuel in our bodies is really important as runners and although I don't get it perfect you know I have like a balance with my diet you know and um, no longer drinking as it stands you know which I can see the benefits so you know you're a gymnast you know you're drinking on a regular basis what did your diet look like in regards to the food you're eating when you're at uni so usually it would be kind of probably just normal cereal probably favorites probably chocolate covered cereal or cornflakes or crunchy nut or whatever um lunchtime would probably be kind of homemade sandwiches crisps chocolate and then in the evenings it'd be kind of i don't know chips um kind of fillet meat fillet meats spaghetti bolognese um on the weekends it'd be kind of dominoes chinese all that kind of good unhealthy stuff that you kind of yeah. shouldn't really be eating all the time <laughs> like every once in a while <laughs> is okay but uh that was, that was pretty much my diet for the entirety for 
promised three years, really. Well, I think one thing you could take from what you just told me, Dylan, is it's an improvement to a lot of uni students' diets, which tends to be pot noodles, super noodles, anything with the word noodle that's on the packaging. Yeah, I mean, so at least you was mixing it up in that respect. Yeah, I get bored if I eat the same food every time, except for pasta. I love pasta. But in terms of kind of noodles, I can't really, I can't eat super noodles every single day because <laughs> it's just so boring. Um, but yeah, I did have them, but it just wasn't as often as kind of the other stuff that I mentioned. Yeah, wicked. So in terms of trans trans fats, you know, high saturated fat, fatty food, you like to get a big variety of that. Oh, milk. yeah, 100 percent. Give me the Chinese, give me the, the Domino's pizza all day. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, and probably back before, you know, we had the glamour of just eat and Uber eat, so you had to go out there and get the food yeah, yourself. Yeah, I think, I think just eat and Uber was, Uber was just out of range because I didn't live in the city centre um, in the final years of uni, so it was just out of range, but um, just eat was brilliant and uh, I probably ordered from that way too often so more <laughs> often than I, I'm proud of yeah and um, with what you told me about your journey at uni you've said that you recognize that you're starting to get a beer belly you know you weren't eating the best foods you weren't aerobically fit and would you say that you was more reactive to what was happening in your life back then or would you say that you was proactive and you made those beneficial changes before it spiraled out of control too much um a bit of both really um obviously proactive in the fact that i wanted to do something about it and reactive because it was because of the weight and and uh, being unfit so um growing up i'd always been i'd always grown up with a, a relatively balanced and healthy diet um so to for it to change so drastically when i started uni it was a bit of a shock to the system um so going i think going back to that healthy diet wasn't too much of an issue because i'd had it most of my life anyway yeah. it was just yeah. getting in the routine of oh wait i need to cook my own meals now and which is fine i'm happy to do that because if you order off just eat you're waiting 45 minutes for your food anyway and in that time, you can make your own food. So it was just adjusting to actually making it myself rather than waiting for someone to deliver it to me. Yeah, and that, that's a, a really important, you know, um, comment that you make. You know, when you do order food from a takeaway or fast food establishment, you tend to wait at least 45 minutes for it to turn up at your doorstep. So, you know, I think eating real food is important. You know, um, mixing it up is good, but I think um, relatively... You know, if you are getting into the kitchen and cooking your own food, you know, it's going to, you know, reap the rewards, really. And, you know, um, I remember reading something myself some time ago. And, um, you know, it was someone who, you know, was um, quite a well-known CrossFitter. And she said that in regards to her fuel in her body, if there is anything in her fridge that sort of like turns and goes nasty after three days that she won't put it into her body. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, a good mindset to have. I'm not quite that strict. Um, if usually I'll, so the cost of a vegetable, so say you, you bought, I don't know, a carrot 
Um, I don't usually buy a bag of carrots because I can't eat a bag of carrots in a set period of time. So if I want a carrot in my spag bowl, for example, I'll just go and buy it because it's going to cost pretty much the same price. Um, mm. cause I don't know how, I don't know how much carrot is, but you see my <laughs> point. So it's, it's yeah, fresh. definitely. When I, when I get home, it's fresh and it's chopped up and cooked that day. Um, and I don't really see that much of a price difference anyway. Um, and it's always fresh. So, yeah, I can see the, the, why she wouldn't eat something that doesn't last longer mm. than three mm. days. Yeah. I don't think we've all um, got the um, disposable income to be able to spend vast amounts of, on food. You know, that stays, um, you know, very fresh and doesn't mm. turn after a few days. But in, in regards to what you're saying, if we get, go to the present day now, you know, um, you love running, you know, you become fully immersed in that running culture, you know, to the point where you are now a running coach. So mm-hmm. the question I've got for you is, what gave you that aspiration to think I want to start helping other people become a better runner? Um, I think it all stemmed down to before, or just that, no, just after I did my first half. Um, a, a lot of people, including myself, didn't think I'd run that time. I just, on the day, I ran how I felt, and that was it, 128. Um, and a lot of people were kind of confused because not a lot of people can run a 128 off if they've not been training all their life and it's mm. their first race, it's, it's fairly uncommon. And I, and I got a kind of a lot of comments on social media saying, "Hey, Dill, how have you ran this time? Have you run this time? Like, what have you what have you done differently to what I'm doing?" Um, and I found it incredibly satisfying to help them. Um, yeah. And I think that's where it stemmed. So, post university, I moved back home with my parents and. I kind of thought, right, what what do I actually want to do with my life? Um, I've got this degree, but I want to help people run. So mm. I think that's where the running coach idea stemmed from. Um, I just love people. Um, I love helping people understand how to improve, how to get better, how to get fitter, stronger. Um, it really resonates with kind of my my learning experience because I can yeah. then help other people. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much where it stemmed from. Yeah, and in regards to this episode, you know, it's um, aimed at people who are new to the world of running. So from your own experiences, not just as a runner, but as a coach as well, what would you say those valid and beneficial foundations are in becoming a better runner? Um, <clears throat> probably to take your time. It's not... Obviously, if you are in a race, it's obviously a race. But however, take your time in terms of your own running. Everyone's different. Everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses um, in terms of how strong they are initially. Um, someone might be able to churn out a 5K straight off the bat, no problem. Someone might not because they might risk injury. So I think it's mm. taking it steady to begin with. So perhaps starting five, couch to 5K, uh, you can find loads of free plans, including the NHS website. Um, so you can get it off the NHS website. There's one on my website you can get for free. Yeah. They range in kind of time between 8 and 10 weeks, um, or even 12 weeks, depending on how you want to do it. But it just builds you up slowly, um, and it gives you the opportunity to rest because you only run three times a week or something like that. Um, so 
yeah, just building up slowly is kind of the, the main thing. Um, I think for me personally, because I've had asthma and diagnosed with asthma, it, it forced me to start slowly because I couldn't physically run longer than one or two minutes at a time because I'd yeah. lose my breath. So for me, it really helped that aspect of becoming patient and, and slowly building into running. Um, and I think everyone should do that regardless of if you've got asthma or not. Yeah, and um, I, I do agree with that. Cause it's like with my background, you, you mentioned that your background, you had a good base level in regards to your fitness. And me coming from a CrossFit background where I'd also played rugby as well as were, you know, using free weights three, four times a week. I started running thinking, yeah, you know, I'm geared up for this. You know, I'm doing a couple of CrossFit workouts a week and throwing weights around in the gym. And, you know, it really took me by surprise. And it's important that you've got to build up to, you know, um, gaining a good level of running fitness. You know, um, you can't do it overnight. And, you know, I don't think I've met one person yet in the running community who's been able to go out for a run and they've done fantastic at you know, and um, with you having a good client base now, is it important that you remind yourself that people are very different, they come from different backgrounds? I mean, what's the importance of getting to know your clients? Yeah, it's, it's really important. Um, like I said, everyone's different. Everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses. So some of my clients prefer short, snappy, hard reps um, to improve their, their strength and fitness. And some of them prefer the longer reps. Um, so it's really important mm. to know each client on a personal level, on a one-to-one -one basis, so that you can really tailor the plan to their strengths, whilst also addressing their weaknesses. So if someone was, uh, if someone did prefer the longer session, I would still set the shorter reps to develop that area of their running mm. um, and, and build it up. Um, but also play on that strength so that they still have the confidence because they think, oh, I've hit this session really well. Let's go into the shorter se uh, session and also smash this session out as well. So it gives them the confidence and, and the, the mindset that they are doing really well and they're, they're improving. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really vitally important that uh, I know each and every one of my clients on a personal level. Yeah, and um, you mentioned that you've got you know, your clients and you know, with each individual client, you've got to cater a plan that is right for them at that given time. Now, in regards to running plans, you know, um, there are a variety of different types and styles of runs that we can do, which we won't go too in-depth about. But if you just want to tell everyone who's listening the importance of mixing up your runs and why you are a firm believer in it. Yeah, of course. Um, so mixing up your runs, not only benefits you mentally because you think say for example if you ran four times a week and each day each one of those days you ran 5k at the same pace every weekend week out you're going to get bored um, yeah. and that is not good for the body your body's going to adapt and it's going to stagnate um, and it's not going to improve it might improve to begin with but then it's going to level out so you need to introduce some sort of difference in your running and that's why we do easy runs long runs, intervals, hills, um, loads of different styles of session to um, stimulate the mind, stimulate the body to improve, run at different paces, um, 
and just generally work on areas that could be weaker than others. So if, if you just do one thing, you can get really good at that one thing, but then you're not going to get better at rep, mm. uh, hill reps, for example. So I think it's really important that you mix up your running um, to develop other areas within your running um, profile. Yeah, and it keeps things fresh and, you know, it's probably not the best um, comparison, but it's like, you know, we mentioned about if you were to eat super noodles day in, day out, it'd get boring. You know, it's exactly the same thing with running. And would you say that is one of a number of reasons why newcomers to running tend to hang up the boots and call it a day because they're just going out there and just making it up as they go along and not really yeah. thinking about mixing it up? Yeah, I think it's... Uh... It's one of the biggest factors, really. Um, it contributes hugely to lack of motivation because they just get bored. Mm. Um, whereas if if you, for example, follow the Catch the 5K plan, uh, start of the week, you usually do interval-based work, so one minute on, one minute off. Um, and then at the, the end of the week, you usually do some sort of longer-based run. And that difference is really good for the mind um, in terms of kind of... Um, stimulating it making things interesting changing up a bit um and, and usually with catch 5k you can do it on your own but i'd recommend doing it with someone or in a group yeah um if if the situation allows and uh you can obviously in this environment with covid um group work is a little bit more tricky um but it is possible mm. um so if you can mix up with other people then you can kind of you can chat when you run and you can motivate each other. You can you can say, look, I'm coming out today and running. Do you want to come with me? Um, and usually nine times out of ten, people do. So it's a really good way of staying motivated. Yeah, it's wicked that. It's great advice. And, you know, um, when we talk about you as a runner and coach, you know, what are your aspirations for 2021? Uh, so as a coach... I'm really looking to expand the business uh, in terms of client base, um, looking to towards going full-time employed if I can, um, COVID, COVID allowing. Um, with races, it's difficult for people to kind of say, yes, I want to, because obviously I'm providing a service, so I do charge for it. Um, and it's difficult for people to throw money at the coaching service when they're not training for anything. Um, yeah. So it's difficult to say, but I'd like to think in an ideal world, by the end of 2021, I could be full-time employed. That would be fantastic. Um, in terms of running myself, I'm doing my first marathon in April, um, running the Boston UK Marathon, supposedly the flattest marathon in the UK. Uh, looking to kind of do pretty well um, based off previous years, there's potential for a podium place but i don't want to oh, jinx anything and obviously you don't know who's going to turn up on a day so um and you don't know how my training is going to go so obviously i'm going to work hard for it and, and see how that goes but that's the that's the goal to complete a marathon and potentially do well at it so um yeah, yeah see how it goes that's amazing so if you end up getting a podium place at the uk boston marathon and you ever end up back on the podcast, I'm going to have to change your introduction to Elite Runner. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I'm working towards that kind of status, um, trying to improve myself 
to to be able to enter races um, in that start and front pen. It's just a goal of mine. It's not me trying to be big headed or anything. Um, it's just literally just one of my goals um, to say that I've gone from severe asthmatic and not knowing anything about running to kind of I can qualify for elite races if I want to. And that's just kind of my mm. aspiration. Yeah, and it's, it's a fantastic journey. And, you know, with me looking at your journey on Instagram, along with other inspirational people, when you first put on your running shoes, you know, I'm, I'm sure you will share with people what the first pair of shoes were on your feet when you set out to do your very first run. But did you ever envision that you would be in the position you're in right now where you're talking about wanting to get an elite place in future races? Um, so first ever pair of shoes was the Saucony Jazz 8, I believe. And they were, they were a solid pair of shoes, to be fair. I put all my miles in them. I raced in them. <laughs> I probably put, oh, I don't know, probably about 400 miles in them and then raced in them. Um, yeah, they were good. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think I ever envisaged being in this position right now in my running journey um, with running the times that I am now because simply put, I didn't envision running a 128 from my first half. So it's, it's all a surprise to me every day is a new day learning curve. So yeah, absolutely loving it. Yeah, that's wicked. And where can we find you on Instagram? Not just yourself personally, but your coaching business as well. And what can you offer to people who are listening? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, um, handles at novice to elite. That's all one word. Um, the coaching is simply at novice to elite underscore coaching. Um, and simply put, I offer bespoke weekly written training packages for, for all my clients. So every Saturday, Sunday, I write the plan for the following week based on their goals and what they have achieved in that previous week and leading up to that, that week. Um, I also offer an incentive program. Obviously, we're in a tough time at the moment. Motivation is low. Um, so every month, the the most compliant runner, um, so whoever's completed the runs um, the, the most, uh, has a chance of winning a prize um, yeah. at the end of the month. Um, you can find all that information out on my, on my social media. Um, so yeah, basic strength and conditioning to prevent injury, basic nutrition, race strategy, um, feedback on runs, um, and most importantly, just improving your running. Um, I've got a great track record of 80 to 90% of my clients extremely happy because they've hit PBs, they've they've improved significantly with their running whilst under the, the coaching program. So um, if you're looking for that PB that has been eluding you, why not give me a try? Uh, see what I can do for you. Yeah, and that's great. And, you know, it's also great knowing that you are also community-based. So there is that WhatsApp group for your clients as well, you know, yeah, which I'm sure yeah. is fantastic for encouraging each other, as well as you being on hand to give them any advice or little hints or tips. Yeah, definitely. Um, WhatsApp groups growing in numbers, obviously, but we're all there to support each other. Um, if anyone's feeling down or not really feeling the run, everyone's there to support and just motivate each other. Um, they post runs, they post random stuff about life, anything. Anything can go down in that chat um, if they want it to. So, yeah, it's a great little community I've got going. 
Yeah, that's great stuff. And what we're going to do now, Dylan, is, you know, I could talk to you all day long, but um, we're going to finish off with um, something that I've tried out before, which is called Quick Fire in the Booth. You know, it's um, a handful of questions that we ask all guests who come onto the show. So first question I've got for you is what keeps you focused when you're running? Just the end goal, what my goals are. Um, obviously, marathon's the next goal, so that's keeping me focused and keeping me going. And what three guests would you invite to your house for a come down with me experience? It literally couldn't be anyone this. <sighs> Probably Barack Obama. He's just awesome, isn't he? Oh, I love his voice as well. Oh, yeah. I do love his voice. Yeah. Anybody else that you can think of? Uh, don't know. Probably Callum, Callum Hawkins, uh, GB runner, number yeah. two in the country. So, yeah, he's uh, he'd be great inspirational for me. Yeah, it would be great to watch him in the London Marathon as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, he didn't run London. Uh, I think he was injured. But I think he's going to be running the Olympics. Um, so, yeah, it'd be great to keep an eye out for him. He could do very well. Yeah. And um, if you could take part in any race, literally any race, big or small, which one would it be and why? Uh, Berlin Marathon, iconic. Just that finish is incredible. So. And what is the one song that gets you fired up? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> probably some sort of DJ Fresh song. Um, yeah, just just hype, like just drum and bass kind of party music will get me hyped up. Oh, wicked. You know, I'm probably I'm showing my age here, but um, back when I was a lot younger, more... Agile. I was a massive fan of um, Ronnie Size. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm showing my age here. But yeah, um, worth listening to. And um, what is your favourite post-long run fuel? Probably just a good pasta dish. Uh, carbonara is one of them. Lasagna, spag bowl. Give me pasta and I'm happy. I'm with you as well. You know, massive fan of pasta. Just anything that's um, Italian influenced. Oh, garlic bread as well. Oh, yeah. Garlic bread's good. Yeah, definitely. And in regards to the best running shoes you've had the pleasure of wearing, which ones are they and why? Currently, the Saucony Canvara. Um, probably a lot of my followers and fellow Runspire members know that I'm a Saucony through and through guy. Uh but I'm excited to try out the Endorphin Pros to see how much different they are to the Convara. Um, they're kind of like a yeah. step up um, with the carbon plate. So I'm very excited to try those. Have you ordered a pair yet? I have. Uh, they are sitting in the new place where I'm going to be moving. So um, I haven't got my hands on them just yet, but come come Sunday, I will do. Yeah. So what are you um, looking forward to more, moving house or putting those sock in either? I think... Bit of both, really. It'd be nice to move house, new running route, and then chuck them on. So I think a bit of both, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's great, especially with Sockenet and even Adidas now starting to make waves once again in elite races, you know, especially in a market that was saturated by Nike. And, you know, it's good to see that they're starting to make podiums along with Adidas. Yeah. I mean, Nike has uh, saturated the market with their, their um, Vaporfly and Next Percent Alpha Fly. Mm. Ranges, um, but it's great to see the the 
the, the Adidas versions and the Soccanese and the New Balance coming through because um, it would be there. There was a time where I remember an Adidas runner wearing Nike four percents, but had painted them to look like Adidas. Um, yeah, I think that was I a Dubai yeah. marathon. Um, so that was quite controversial. So it's good to see that they've brought their own out, um, and other people who prefer that brand. Um, can now stay loyal and kind of buy that because I've I've bought the four percents in the past and whilst they are great, I do prefer the Saucony because it has that extra footroom. So um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant, brilliant news. Yeah, and um, finally, what do you enjoy doing outside of running? Relaxing, watching TV, uh, watching lots of YouTube. Um, that's pretty much my life outside of out of uh out of running so just feet up resting yeah and for anybody who wants to try out a new tv series or a vlog i don't know if you're a vlog guy like me dylan you know what are your favorite what's your favorite tv show and favorite youtube channel to watch uh tv show probably brooklyn 99 or how i met your mother both very very (laughs) solid choices there uh vlogger Sage Canada, um, yeah, he's a Hoka pro athlete. There's someone else, but I can't remember his name. But yeah, there's loads of of vloggers that I like watching. Um, but I can't think of him right now. <laughs> no, no. I mean, what, one that I can think of off the top of my head is a guy from the US called um, Seth James Damore. Mm, Don't know if yeah. you come across him, but I think he's great. You know. Um, quite energetic if people can handle that but I think he's great in regards to giving you advice on you know new running shoes but the most important thing is it's not all about the running shoe it's all about the person that steps into those shoes yeah exactly um big believer of putting in the work before you put in the shoe so um if you put in the work like I I prefer to do my speed sessions without the carbon plate because if Mm. I could put in the work and get the same result in the session when it comes to the race I'll be better off so uh, that's my view yeah, that's great advice as well. You know, it's a great note to finish on. I just want to thank you very much for your time, Dylan. Oh, you know, pleasure. It's um, been me. great catching up with you and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, mate. Thank you for listening to the Run Fly podcast. Please check us out on social media and on our website. Please let us know your thoughts on the platform you're listening on. Thank you again. Bye.